This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Suyuno Amos. I'm Kenji Cataldo. Our guest today is Laulani Teal, the coordinator for the Ho'opaipono Peace Project. The Ho'opaipono Peace Project builds strength in the Hawaiian community and in its connections with others through culture-based support for the prevention and resolution of family and community issues, support for youth as nonviolent warriors, and promotion of nonviolent solution building and activism. Here's our interview with Laulani from September. All right. So today we're having a conversation with Laulani talking about Ho'opaipono Peace Project. And Laulani, could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Ho'opaipono Peace Project, how it began, how it came to be? Sure. So Ho'opaipono Peace Project is basically a um, peace resource in the Kanaka community and in the overall community in Hawaii and also connecting with indigenous peoples um, in the bigger picture as well. Uh, And basically we have been around since 2011. This project started from a previous project that was focused on Ho'oponopono and other cultural peace resources that were needed in the community. And we, um, since then, have also expanded greatly into social justice work and also um, into a lot more creative work, such as music, um, art, especially involving youth, and all kinds of projects that relate to building the pieces of peace that are needed to bring um, things together in the way that we need them to go in this world. And what kinds of projects or programs are you working on right now? Well, some of our really important work right now involves the protection of Hawaii from militarization. And that takes many forms. So, for example, our youth have been really, really active in taking stands against RIMPAC, which is the Rim of the Pacific exercises that recently happened against the drones that are proposed for Mo'okapu, which is a very sacred place on the windward side. Um, They've produced a zine against RIMPAC. Um, They are working on another one about water protection and they are, they're just doing awesome work on many fronts and um, with poetry and music and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Also, they have been standing along with our kupuna and others for places that need active protection in Hawaii. Like we just went to Kauai a couple of months ago and, um, 
helped to stand for Koloa, which is a very, very important area needing serious protection of its land, EV, water, and community from rampant development that is happening there and terrible, terrible exploitation by the tourist industry, the real estate industry, and also by the U.S. military through RIMPAC and other um, things that are happening along those lines. We also do a lot of kupuna work. You know, Uncle Liko is a great kupuna of our movement, and we also work with several other kupuna. And we have a kind of like a kupuna angels program where we have a number of young younger activists who will go and assist important kupuna of our movement who otherwise might not be with us, quite honestly, you know, keep them in the fight, basically, you know, make sure that they have what they need to keep going so that they can do the things that they need to do, whether it's a ride to events or whether it is um, support, making sure that they are well and getting them food, or whether it is um, intervention in some cases too, you know? There are very real needs in our community and we only do a very small part of that, but because that part is focused on some of our greatest warriors, we feel it's very important. I love hearing about that kind of intergenerational care um, and I wonder if you could say a little bit more about that and maybe some of these relationships across generations that form out of um, out of that attention to, you know, to Kupuna needs and also, you know, opio learning from Kupuna as well for these people, like you said, who are um, such stalwart figures in the movement. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways, right now, a lot of the problems that we face are really pieces of a great puzzle that need to be put together. You know, there are a lot of opio out there who need to learn from kupuna. They need to have the opportunity to be able to have that exposure and to have the experience, which is not always easy experience, but it's really, really important experience. You know, um, a lot of times kupuna need the support of the younger people. And it's not always easy for anybody, but it's important. And because it's important, having the opportunity is really, really important. And to, to just provide a little bit of positive support for those things is very important and helps it flow forward. You know, for example, we often do a lot of food sharing and um, that's a really good way to make things flow because it gives people something to do where they can really help out and they can benefit too. And um, we do a Food Not Bombs program and we have young people and older people assisting with that. And by working together, it's a really, really great way to 
make these intergenerational connections that can sustain work in the future, you know, and that keep porno flowing in the right direction, basically. So, um, yeah, we look actively for ways to do small interventions, but there's there interventions that hit a lot of things at once. Um, and I'm curious if um, there are any ways in which you find that, you know, your background in Ho'oponopono practice, um, is that still kind of playing out in different ways in the work that you're doing or not so much anymore? Definitely. And one thing that I will say about Ho'oponopono, you know, I, I have to go back before Ho'oponopono Peace Project when I used to work um inside of a law firm, Native Hawaiian Legal Corporation, running what was supposed to be a Ho'oponopono project of the Native Hawaiian Bar Association. And what happened was as a pilot project, the original idea was to integrate Ho'oponopono within the court system. But if you know anything about Ho'oponopono and you know anything about the court system, you can see why that doesn't necessarily work so good. You know, the primary problem in that being time, because the time for Ho'oponopono and the way that time flows in Ho'oponopono process is very, very different than the way that time flows in the court system. And that has been the greatest challenge of cultural peace overall, has been time. And we still do a lot of cultural peace work. However, we rarely have requests for Ho'oponopono simply because Families and communities and organizations who have to identify as ohana, by the way, in order for it to be ho'oponopono, simply don't have the ability to make the time commitment that is required for real full-on ho'oponopono to take place. So what we've done instead is to apply some of the really basic concepts that are part of Ho'oponopono to processes that are adaptive to the society that we live in and that can be used um, in a practical sense. You know, because another thing that we found when we did that project was that, um, you know, before you go and resolve the differences between people, a lot of times you have to address the problems that all of the people collectively face. And those things might be things, for example, like um, tax issues on land, for example. You know, you have a family who might be having kilikia or fighting over a parcel of land, but the taxes are unpaid. So unless you get those taxes paid, there's no sense working anything else out because the state's going to take it, for example. 
you know, so everybody needs to work collectively to address the problem at hand in order to get to the point where you can resolve those differences between people. But what ends up happening is that as you address the problems at hand, those differences end up working themselves out in that process, largely. You know, not to say that there isn't still a place for doing the full-on work that it takes to go through and look at the different layers of pirikia and really, really go down into it. A lot of times, um, ohana can benefit greatly from doing that if they can make the time and the commitment that it takes. However, a lot of the work is done through the process of just getting things done, you know, just getting things taken care of, just everybody picking up whatever pieces in front of them, whatever they can do and just doing it. You know, through that process, you get a lot of things resolved. And that's also true in activism. It's also true in our communities overall. You know, we can look and say, oh, no, it's so terrible that, you know, there's there are all these terrible things that are happening. You know, there's... Um, you know, they're sending people to jail over this. There's no good drug programs. There's no these things and those things. And, and those are absolutely true. And they totally need to happen. And at the same time, by us creating whatever solutions we can create as people of the land, as people of Pono, by just getting together and just doing it, doing it for each other. We increase our collective power and we lessen the oppressive power that is being used against us. So that is where we are looking to assist communities and families in empowering themselves so that we can in turn empower each other and we have more to contribute to that empowerment because that is really what it's about. Demilitarization isn't just about forcing the U.S. military to stop it, which is a very important part, but it's also about making sure that we have what it takes to be independent so that we can get them out, you know, honestly. So, and that means, um, you know, not just political independence, but it means food sovereignty. It means being able to resolve our problems. You know, it means peace sovereignty. And that's a lot of what we work on is peace sovereignty. Because if you look at where the oppressive power is in the system, it's often the role that they purport to play in peace, which is not peace. It is, you know, filling the gap that should be filled by peace work, which should start with everybody, you know, everybody should be a peacemaker. Everybody should be a peace builder in their own families, in their own lives, in their own communities. I mean, we've shown it by working with youth in high schools who've been able to be peacemakers 
for each other. You know, they're perfectly capable of doing that. And, you know, they can do it sometimes better than we can, honestly. And, um, but they need to be empowered to do that because if nobody respects them and nobody believes in them, then they won't really have the chance to make it happen. It's just, then it's just kind of like, you're just sort of treated like, um, you know, you're just butting into people's business or something, you know? And for me as a peace worker, I've been there many times and I've seen the youth that I work with deal with that many times as activists. We get that all the time, you know, things like that. But what we need to do is empower each other and validate each other and realize that by relying on one another to the greatest degree possible without pressuring one another. And that's the key is relying on each other without creating additional pressure because we're all under way too much pressure to begin with. So, um, it's creating the opportunities for that um, collaborative mutual reliance in a positive way. Yeah, thank you. It's so um, illuminating the way you tied all of these things together about Ho'oponopono and lessons from that with peace, sovereignty, activism and demilitarization and building power. Uh, so thank you for, for that. Um, I'm struck by what you were saying about how people don't have time anymore to kind of go through this full process of, of Ho'oponopono. Um, and I'm thinking also about, you know, among activists, right, where there's so many things, it's like, oh, now there's this thing over here and there's that thing over here and we have to address, you have to, we have to go to Koloa to stand with them. And now there's this new thing at the Mauna and this, this sense, you know, that there isn't enough time because there's so many things happening all at once. And, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts or um, advice or insights from your work doing Ho'oponopono about how to navigate that sense of of all of these things happening at once and wanting to do things about it, but you know how to kind of do things at at uh, a pace that works, right? Yeah, right. Uh, well, first of all, I might not be the best person to ask because as we're doing this interview I have a bunch of vegetables in my driveway that need to be delivered and they're like all kind of a little bit more wilted than they should be but you know I think what's important is that first and foremost we need to give ourselves and each other a break we need to recognize that all of this is moving forward in the way that will eventually lead to us achieving that which we need to achieve. And if some things don't get done, it's okay. And, you know, I can say that as somebody who's been in the movement for over 30 years and has seen a lot of stuff happen and a lot of stuff not happen. 
we need to remember that what is really important is us. It's each other. It's ourselves. It's our health. It's Pono that begins in the smallest place and grows into the much larger place. So we need to be well. Our families need to be okay. We need to make sure that the connections right around us are such that we can keep our basic commitments and if there's something that we can't do, that there's enough flexibility built in that that's okay. So building flexibility into structures is very, very important, especially when you're dealing with moving targets. And by definition, a movement is a moving target. So there is going to be a fire to put out tomorrow that you didn't see today. There is going to be action on the Mauna and we don't know when. There is absolutely going to be another EIS to respond to. And there's a really good chance that we won't hear about it until the day before the comment is due. And, um, all of these things are constant. They are absolutely constant. And what is really, really important in addressing them is that we keep doing it. And in order to keep doing it, we need to stay in and we need to be okay. If we're not okay, we're not gonna be in for very long. So being okay, keeping each other okay, making sure that we let each other know that we are okay. Those are very, very important things to do constantly. You know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to be an activist. You lose a lot. And when you lose, you lose really important stuff that breaks your heart and can damage your spirit. And when on top of that, you encounter negativity from people that you really need support from, it's very, very hard. And that happens when people are burnt out. So part of the really important work that we need to do is work on keeping from burning out so that we don't do that to one another. And it's hard. It's I'm not going to say that I have it down and um, I know it's really difficult, you know, and at the same time, we need to acknowledge that it is a very real thing. Activism and social justice is extremely difficult on families. It's extremely difficult on health. It's extremely difficult on mental health. You know, it's extremely difficult on finances. All of those things are really important things. I mean, in my work with Kupuna, a lot of the work is work with families who are severely traumatized and have been for sometimes decades because 
the work that their family member has been doing, which is so, so important for our whole community, has been just brutal on them. And nobody sees it, you know? And um, those things are very, very important to acknowledge. They're very important to address. And in addressing that, we should be developing systems that are better, you know? Um, that are free from the exploitation that makes it so hard for us to function. Because it's not only our movement that's suffering, you know, it's a product of colonization, of capitalist exploitation, of occupation, of all of it. When it comes down to it, it's about the difference between us doing the work that is in front of us and that will lead to good things and that we are moved to do, the difference between doing that and doing what we are forced to do by some external force that does not have our interest in mind or the collective interest in mind, but merely the interest of individuals or of entities with forcible power. For us to move away from that into a collective ohana pono model of existence for humanity and especially for indigenous leadership in humanity without which humanity is not going to survive, then we need to start taking care of one another on a daily basis, acknowledging each other, supporting each other and giving each other a break. Yeah, that's such a important reminder. Um, and I'm picking up on this thread of, you know, needing to empower ourselves to make the change we are driven to make, but also needing, you know, that peace begins with each of us and needing to be okay within ourselves in order to even be empowered to, to make change. And this idea of, um, you know, I love this idea of, of building flexibility into structures when there's a moving target and, and discerning between relying on each other versus putting pressure on each other. And so I guess I would just love to hear maybe more about, you know, how you discern between relying on each other versus putting pressure on each other, or what are the resources maybe that you are cultivating within Ho'opaipono Peace Project to be able to take care of each other better? Great questions. So I think that um, one of the things that we do with communities and especially with youth is cultivating the ability of people to advocate, you know, for their communities and for causes, but first of all, for themselves. And it takes discerning what needs are versus what desires are and understanding that you need a little bit of both. It's very, very important to be able to um, structure every part of our lives and work in such a way that 
does work. And, you know, it's, um, it's not a, that easy to do. Like I said, I have a bunch of vegetables in my driveway right now that I feel really bad about because I didn't get them delivered as quickly as I should have, you know, and um, it's really hard when that happens. It happens sometimes, but part of that, and I'm using that as an example because, you know, it's one that's like sitting literally right there, but it's also because it's one that um, kind of shows that stuff happens even when you're really experienced. I consider myself pretty experienced and, um, you know, and I'm pretty good at figuring out how to develop the flexibility that addresses different things. Oh, here's Uncle Liko. See Uncle Liko. <laughs> Aloha. He's here. And he's here. Uncle Liko, can you show your t-shirt? There's um he's got his uh end rim pack t-shirt that the youth printed. Oh awesome. Our, our youth, uh, our, our our youth made a whole bunch of shirts um with our just Hand screen printing the, action. The greatest threat against all of Hawaii and the world lies in addressing this. Okay. So thank you for your, your support for us, for everyone else you support, and all the great things that they, you know, to us to do and much more to do. Of course, we gotta keep up. Anyway, come on, come on. squadron commander. You know, I'm just on air one airplane. She's the squadron commander. Does that fit? Kind of fits, yeah. But every you know, there are many squadron commanders. We have many flight formations out there. Okay, anyway, come back up here. Just so, no, 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 no. All good, all good. So oh, um, Uncle Liko. Yeah, Uncle Liko is is super crucial in all of this. And he knows what I'm talking about because he just came from outside where the vegetables well, uh I, my problem is I know too much. You know, and just how to, you know, but it's sometimes, you know, you just gotta like in Hawaii five you just throw the book at him. <laughs> so what happens when you get a little older you know three quarters of a century old and you know by now it's just like everything's like uh like you know pudding you know and, and jello and it's kind of still moving around so hats off to you folks come on Lani, you get back okay to me. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt but thanks for everything thank you for saying hi <laughs> That's Uncle Liko Martin. He's a, a legendary kupuna of our movement who has been involved since the rooftop in Kalama Valley to Kaholave, Mauna Kea, and, um, and today keeps, keeps going. So um, where was I? Oh, the vegetables in the driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just using that as an example because I'm saying that no matter how good you get at discerning, what should I take on? What should I not take on? How can I develop flexibility, et cetera? There are always going to be things that don't work out. You know, there, there just always are. But I tell you what, when we're done with this interview, I'm going to find 
whatever's left out there and it's going to get to people and the and that is going to help them it might not be what i wanted but it's going to be good and i think it really starts out with that with us understanding that perfection is not what we should be shooting for here it's it should be about what is good what is something that we have to give we need to accept that even our mistakes are things that will work out we're so used to these colonial standards of having everything on time and right and just perfect and you know for some things it needs to be like that you know definitely i'm not criticizing any hula hala who are for perfection you know that's that is their kuleana what i'm saying is that there is a whole lot of work in the building of pono that is not about being perfect it's about what we have to give starting with our intention of rightness and peace and love you know and moving into action and whatever that action is whatever we are capable of it'll be good it doesn't need to be perfect it needs to be good yeah thank you so much for that message and i think it's it's really timely <laughs> with all, all of the th- all of the organizing that people are doing right now and Red Hill and everything that people are working towards. Um, thank you, Lalani, for for everything you've shared today. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share? I think one thing that I would just like to emphasize, and I think we kind of touched on it, but I, I want to emphasize is the element of collaboration. And I think that that is so important in what we're doing with what everyone is doing um, with what Hawaii People's Fund is, I think, trying to develop more in our community. And I think that this sense of collaboration is something that um, we need to really, really put more emphasis on. it's very, very important that in each of our individual work or individual organizations work that we also bring in, uplift and highlight the work of others and rely on each other and really do so in a way that um, helps to make things flow in a really pono manner. Um, I think that one of the things that we found challenging early on was funding, for sure, you know, and that's something that every organization and every effort does struggle with. Um, What I think we've learned over time is that it's not just about getting 
more funding when you're trying to do porno work. It's about everything flowing to the right place. And if you're part of that flow, then it all kind of works out. So I think that one thing that maybe I'd like to uh, have a picture of is that one thing that we're trying to restore in Hawaii is the ahupua'a system, right? And something that I think we should think about in terms of that ahupua'a system is that in an ahupua'a system, the flow of resources goes mauka to makai, right? It goes from the top of the mountains down to the ocean and beyond. And that flow um, is very different than the flow of resources in a colonial system, which tends to go on roads, which tend to primarily go perpendicular to that flow. Um, you know, and and go across those systems. So if we think for a moment in the Ahupua'a flow, you know, really think about how everything works together. There's, in an Ahupua'a, if the stream is flowing, it doesn't, just flow to one place, the whole system works best when it flows to as many places as possible and still has enough inside of it to feed that which is all the way makai, you know, so that that makai can come up and feed that which is mauka as well. And if we think about those kinds of systems and we think about the way that everything flows together and, and works together, you know, the, the water comes from a stream to an awai, to a taro patch, and then from there, it's filtered by that taro patch and it goes eventually back to the stream or to the land, which soaks it up and, you know, uses it for the trees and for everything else that is needed in the overall system. Um, in that, there's no waste because the waste is part of the enrichment. There's no competition because the collaboration is that which is important. There is the need to keep the flow going in the best way possible and to do the work collectively and individually that it takes for everything to flow properly, starting with one's own koleana and going to the collective koleana. And I think that if we think in that stream sense, you know, then whether it's the flow of resources or the flow of aloha, it is, it's something that we have the power to work on individually and together all the time. And that doing that work is a really beautiful and sacred thing that will produce something awesome. Yeah, mahalo for sharing that. 
closing thought. It's a really beautiful image to end on. Um, and yeah, mahalo for making the time to speak with us today. It's been a really enriching conversation. So we are grateful to you. Mahalo. Grateful to you folks too. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me. And me. With additional support from... Mickey! Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. A big thank you to our community supporters and to you, our audience, for listening. Ahui ho!